care was uh, never something that went further than just to, to have a bar of soap. Uh, so, so now when I try to think of things that are about self-care, mm-hmm. uh, as far as my mental state or um, how am I, uh, it's not easy. You need that there's an energy Mm-hmm. that we feel when mm-hmm. we're in the presence of someone. And that is why um, I, I really wanted, I, and I'm really hoping that more people take advantage of our Sunday get-together on the call to that to offer yeah. that connection in whatever way, but make it also yeah. an arousing scenario where people can offer their talents and, you know, and keep those things fresh. So my last yeah. question to you now is this. What do you consider uh, your biggest success? What or what are you most proud of in your career or careers? Because you've had a couple: musician, scientist, researcher, <laughs> which is great. Uh, I, to be honest, I think um, it's hard for me to connect to be proud. That in itself is your gift. That in itself is your gift. 
and I, you know, I wish we had more time to converse, okay. but I know we'll come back to it because I'd like to keep in touch with you based on you actually being and spending time within the, within the war. What you've just said in terms of what gives you the most pride is truly, was truly impactful. Um, I could hear the emotion in your voice. I could hear how real those other people's situations are to you. And I thank you for the research that you, you do to help aid those situations that you hear about. And I am so blessed to, to, to know you, to know these other parts of you. And, you know, thank you for being the first, for trusting me in this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Kathy, stay blessed to love you. Bye. This is the very first podcast of the Stars Among Us series, YouTube series I have, based on the call. So it's now called the call, which we conducted on Sunday which we, this podcast series is now going to be called On The Call. And um, as I'm introducing you to the folks, uh, this is Kathy. We first met uh, years ago in about 2012 when I was part of a reading series um, yeah. with my script. And uh, hey, Kathy, how are you? Happy Sunday. We met years ago, back in 2012, and I knew you one way, you knew me one way, I'm still the same way, but in On The Call, I got to know more about you, and you had mentioned then that you were a researcher. What kind of researcher are you, and how, for how long have you been doing this? So, I've been doing research for over 30 years. Wow. Um, I was one of these kind of unusual people who, during the HIV epidemic, got involved, who was a non-researcher. Mm -hmm. I uh, was a musician out of work. Oh! <laughs> Very you know? common uh, occurrence. And uh, someone said to me, hey, someone needs some help at the St. Vincent's Hospital, which is no longer in existence. Mm -hmm. uh, for research, and um, so I met with the doctor who was amazing, mm -hmm. and he, she was so funny, he showed me this drawer of paper and I, and said to me, um, this is my research, this is what we do, and you think this is something you can help with, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's just paper right now, it's <laughs> uh, so scary, um, and I just rolled up my sleeve and jumped in because at that time, you know, what was going on in HIV was very, very um, scary. Mm -hmm. People were dying. Um, I know that the fear that people are feeling now mm -hmm. is something I'm very familiar with because mm -hmm. it's something that was very palpable back when I was working with HIV. Mm -hmm. People were very frightened. Um, anxious, uncertain, and um, a lot of people were dying then. 
Uh, I, I'm happy to know that we don't have quite the death toll that we're seeing coronavirus, mm-hmm. but there's still is for the healthcare workers. There still is experience of having this group of deaths that happen, mm-hmm. and when you go through this as a healthcare worker, you experience a trauma. That's very hard for you because you still need to show a very brave face. You need to be supportive. You need to offer this feeling of um, there's hope. No matter what we're seeing medically or what we're seeing even as a researcher, you still need to offer that individual that's in front of you this sense of there's you know, there's the possibility. And this was so much so with the research that I was doing in HIV in the early years, was there were no answers. So we people ran out of options. We, we went to research because there were options. So potentially there was the hope to live. Thank goodness, you know, with the coronavirus, what we're seeing is, is that most people can get through the virus, but for some serious component which we don't understand about coronavirus, uh, there are some people who don't do as well, and then eventually there's a group of patients who die. And, and this is always a problem dealing with infectious diseases such as this virus um, that it, it has a sense of. Uh, well, first of all, it's the first time we've really seen this rampant exposure for this virus um, in humans. There's been indications of it all along that this virus is happening. You know, we've had outbreaks of a type of this virus. I think in 2015 and 2012, there were some types of this type of virus that were showing up. And many people in um, in the medical field of research and epidemiology and people who track virus, viruses such as this that jump from animals to humans, they have been really kind of, you know, saying we're in the potential for a pandemic because they can see that as we are living closer to each other and more of deforestation is happening that there is this greater risk of these viruses that exist in humans and animals to jump into humans. And um, and we're not we're not really prepared because there's a lot of issues that seeds and there's a lot of issues about how to study these viruses. Uh, there's a lot of issues about how do we uh, one of the problems when I first started working with CDC was the virus itself is fascinating as a uh, as a scientific person you look at the types of viruses they're kind of because they don't live outside of the host they don't could you repeat that again they don't what so viruses don't live outside of the host. Got it. They need to be 
and the host.、Mm-hmm. They need to they need to rely on their further population inside of a living thing.、Mm-hmm. They don't live outside and propagate. Um, they just hang out. <laughs>、mm-hmm. You know that's what's so weird about viruses. They're just pieces of information, you know, cellular information that hangs out. It doesn't like if a, a particle of a virus sits on something. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't multiply.、Mm-hmm. It just sits there. <laughs>、mm-hmm. it, just, it doesn't do anything. It needs either an animal or a human to propagate. Needs the cell that binds it to make more of it. So let me ask you: This has been happening. There's been evidence of it back in 2012, 2015. How is it there is nothing set up, you know, as a just in case it happens? Well, I think that you know, in any kind of system,、um, we haven't we haven't dealt with. Fact that we're a global humanity, and and that many people, when scientists kind of ring an alarming bell, you know they don't necessarily believe that it's possible. They don't、mm-hmm. believe that this type of an infection happens, and I think that's always the problem with viruses: is they're very invisible. They are something that. You know, if you can figure out how they are infecting people, you can potentially prevent it. I think that's why we work so hard every year with the flu vaccine. While we can't prevent the flu, we can try and encourage people to get vaccinated so that their body will create antibodies, will give your immune system something, so that if you're exposed to the flu. Now, in as much as you use that word warrior, I look at you researchers, the the nurses, the doctors, the MT. Those are the new warriors of today. The the、uh, for this front, this war that we have on. Let's put it that way, right? So you guys are new soldiers. You had mentioned that you. Were about to go back into the system. Let's put it that way.、Um, go back out there. There was yeah, a palpable fear,、yeah. even though you know you're equipped. You have done the research. Could you explain that fear? Sure. You know, in the hospital, we have ways of doing things. That provide us with security. You know, we know that in this little、uh, wall, we have all of the materials that we need. The systems are set up so that, as a healthcare worker, you know you have what you need to do the best you can for your patients. But when you suddenly go through that supply closet, where there is supposed to be Lots and lots of protective equipment for you, and you suddenly see that two-thirds of it is gone. It's a human response that suddenly gets worse. 
that we're running out and to ring an alarm bell because it's so unusual. It's so impossibly hard to perceive as a healthcare worker if you don't have access, especially in our country, where you don't have access to protective equipment easily. You know, in our country, we're used to this status quo in your hospital of having everything you need. And when I think about the early years dealing with HIV and how fearful people felt as a healthcare worker of not knowing whether I might expose myself even if I were protected because no one understood how this was transferred. So in the early years, when people didn't understand, even if you had protective equipment on, what do you do? And so, you know, healthcare workers are there because they are so um, committed to helping people understand how to navigate what's happening to them with their health. You know, it's about being a and an educator at the same time. And if you, as a healthcare worker, are dealing with something you barely understand, or you feel you don't have the proper tools, you feel powerless. And to do that and have to go to a room with a patient, you want to feel powerful and confident. And you don't want to feel that there's anything other than assurance that you're bringing in for that patient. Because we are at our most vulnerable. And we're a patient who doesn't understand what symptoms is. And so they become fearful. And so we immediately want to help the person. So, so how are you managing it now that you are facing that re-entry? Well, um, because I think that it's better to offer the depth of the... Uh, you know, I think when you're a researcher, you understand more about what you have to than perhaps your regular person. Mm -hmm. And then you also understand that um, this isn't a time to give in to mm -hmm. my, my worries. It's mm -hmm. more of a time to give in to taking action and making feel more people take action, support people who are not as educated as I am about what's possible. And so if I can be a source of that of other healthcare workers, of other patients, of people who haven't had the exposure to these kinds of circumstances. I mean, when I think back about my years in HIV, um, there was a time that I would call a long list of people and they were all dead. Mm. And so, you know, I, I understand how fear shows up. And I've worked with myself to deal with 
management how I'm when I have a certain background that takes awareness, I can't even possibly tell someone who doesn't understand what's going on in their body. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't offer reassurance to the healthcare worker or to the person who's getting a test, you know, that, that is the most important thing. You know, is to continue to offer a deeper sense of it. I love I love hearing that, and I can hear it in the way that you are speaking. That you're speaking in a way that is um, sort of an educational format, which is great. That allows for the listening and the taking in of the information that you're giving, and I appreciate you for that. So now, uh, as a pro- as a professed introvert, which we learned on the call, how is <laughs> how is that affecting the comedic path that you have taken on? Well, you know, as someone who straddles this kind of, um, I'm a performer and I am a, a scientist in some ways, <laughs> um, my performer person is, um, is very sad. So I do a lot of journaling. You know, this has brought up a lot of time journal, write, mm-hmm. to, um, you know, I find comedy in this because